0: Welcome to the Draw Shop's Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. Hello, everyone. You know, I really love young entrepreneurs. I feel like they're, they have so much knowledge on things that I don't have a clue about. I try to have a clue about, but I, I tend to learn so much from them. So I'm, I'm so appreciative when I get to interview an, a young entrepreneur, and uh, that's exactly who I'm interviewing today. Uh, his name is Seth Weinstein, and he's a young, innovative thinker with a passion for creative creating digital solutions that demand success. He grew up with a professional stand-up comedian, father and teacher, mother, and his thirst for joy and knowledge allow him to offer signature services to business owners. His rare abilities enable his clients to discover the best version of their company through strategy, design and development. He revitalizes presence and positioning in any field and industry through the implementation of an unwavering brand strategy, and superior online presence. He's an adventurer at heart, and he knows how to leverage your opportunities into profitability. And we talk about how he does that, what it is that he's looking for when he meets with a client, and how he looks at at branding. And, And so often we get so lost in thinking that our brand represents exactly what it, what we do. And really it doesn't. And what's cool is that sometimes you go through the process of rebranding and you realize that what you the message you were trying to get across really isn't the right message at all and really the way to hook people in is to tighten up that message and have people really understand why it is you do what you do and what it is that you're doing and oftentimes we think we think we're putting that message out there and we're just not and it's a it's a switch of branding and messaging that can change all that up and Seth is quite the genius in this. It's super cool that he had the upbringing he did because it taught him a lot. Can you imagine growing up with a stand-up comedian for your dad, like a like a really well-known who like traveled and performed with all these other great comedians? That'd be pretty awesome. I don't know if I'd be intimidated by it. I don't know if I'd be scared. My dad's enough of a comedian as it is, but that might be a lot of pressure because comedy, I mean, there's so much to learn from comedy, as Seth will tell us in the interview, that you will apply to marketing. So he's he's a super tech maverick is what he is, and he knows his shit. So we're going to talk to him, and it's going to be awesome, and enjoy. Hello, Seth, and welcome to the Get Genius Show.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me, Summer
0: well, i'm I'm super looking forward to to our chat here. Um, there's There's a lot of questions I, I have for you. Um, <laughs> but first, just to get our audience familiar with who you are, how you got here, why you do what you do, if you could give us kind of the the brief history of of Seth and you know what what made you become so passionate about brands and and strategy and digital marketing and all all the good stuff that you do.
1: So I think the coolest thing and my favorite thing to talk about is I grew up with a stand-up comedian as a father, a professional stand-up comedian at that. Uh, He'd perform with people like Michael Winslow, Gallagher, a lot of the old school 90s comedians. And I grew up understanding to never take anything too seriously. And through that, I always was very analytical with everything I looked at. You know, when I look at a commercial or look at a look at an ad or anything like that, I, I always look at it and I break it down into, oh, well, this is why they're doing this. This is why they're doing this. And I found myself infatuated with the idea of creating media content. I actually uh, was took engineering in high school, then realized, actually, no, wait, let's try film, tried film in college, and then was like, no, wait, let's try media communications. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, 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 no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I don't know what I want to do. So I dropped out of college uh, after attempting two different colleges and three different career paths. And realized that my true passion was just to figure it out myself. So backing up, though, before I'd gone through college and everything, my father had actually kind of jump-started what my current company is, which is Perfect Presence. And he did that through the fact of he actually introduced us to a restaurant owner one day who basically was just like, I, I need a website. My dad was like, hey, Seth, you're smart. Go, go build this guy a website. He'll you know, it's gonna, It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> and I'll be like, okay, I've never done this before in my life. Let's fucking do it. This is going <laughs> to be great. This is going to, I am going to, uh, I, I'm going to do phenomenally here. Uh, so, so we failed completely. Um,
0: awesome. Perfect. Yeah,
1: right. Best way to do it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And I think we were asking for like $200 at the time. And what we built, according to them, was too flashy. And all we had used was a Squarespace template and photos of their establishment. And I was like, but this looks really cool. (laughs) But anyways, um, but it put us on a path where both me and my business partner, uh, Court Fontaine, actually were like, we want to do something with this. We want to create. So we were 16 years old at the time. 16 years old when this happened and it put us on this path every single day every single day moving perfect presence forward he took this path with some mobile apps a little bit earlier on they were essentially reseller apps to get him into that space i took a lot of the more communicative side the very the nuances of how the colors interact and how the brands truly represent themselves out in the world And it culminated together to this desire to change the world through digital means. And, and this was through us having different jobs, different things that we did. He actually worked as a paralegal at one of the youngest ages I've ever seen. And technically not a paralegal, but all of his work was very close to the same. Um, So it's, and it's amazing. And it's amazing what that all brought together, because honestly, now I've got this, the, the passion all comes from the creativity side, my desire to make people happy and laugh and not take things too seriously. Right. And and it, it lets me make fun, abstract, powerful brands because I don't, I don't take anything too seriously. And I always find a way to kind of make people more interested and laugh and happy. I mean, my school always had the greatest motto called at least you tried. So, you know, I, you know, that's what I'm trying to do <laughs> for other people now.
0: I love that. So Here's the thing. People will sign up to work with a brand strategist. And I've seen that flop for a lot of people. I've also seen it like do miracles for, for some people. How do you, cause I, I, I just am so interested in your experience when working with somebody who, who, you know, their first impression or what they come to as here's my brand, here's what we do. And how many times do you see that their actual branding doesn't represent any of that?
1: So that is more often than I can than I can honestly speak of. I mean, every day someone comes to me and says, I've spent this much money with a marketing agency, this much money with another thing, and, and none of them have anything that's like creative. The graphics are horrible. The actual representation of the branding looks like it was done by a kindergartner. There's nothing that's targeting their niche audience and really speaking to the human side of people, which, and, and, and just to take a side note here, it legitimately baffles me how some marketing agencies don't understand this factor. Yeah. It, it they're marketing to us like we're robots and and it's like it brings freaking tears to my eyes, Summer. Yeah. I'm telling you like it's it's the most it's the most ridiculous thing in the world and and I, I tried to I want to be something different I am something different I've pushed something different by focusing on actually representing high-level development high-level branding focusing on touching to the human aspect and taking all of these influencers who are out there and really realizing how they built their brands the small things that they do what's great is now I'm even working with some of these influencers that I analyzed I mean I'm getting to work with people who make millions upon millions of dollars I'm definitely not there my business is still new and I I I want to make that very clear to anyone who's listening. This is kind of one of those I'm building it. I'm creating the success. Right. But I'm getting the chance to work with these influencers because I realize the human side of branding. I focus on it because what I am is I'm very analytical because I grew up a video gamer i grew up playing video games trying to break them i was like okay where can i find this one corner in this one area in this one video <laughs> game that when i jump out of there it'll give me a million lives so i can run through the game like a madman screaming my head off and just running through because my goal is always and and the thing is people think I, i'm just starting and stumbling through but in reality i'm checking I'm finding the thing that is going to break me through the wall and let me skip past the path that everyone else has to take because I know where to find these. And I'm not saying there's a cheat code to this. I'm saying that some of the walls are weaker than they look.
0: Yeah. So let's let's first talk about some of the things that people get hyped up on from Marketing agencies. There's there's a lot of marketing agencies out there. There's a lot of mm-hmm. uh, you know people that say I'm I'm the you know I'm the best. I know how to build your brand. I know how to do this for you. I know all things digital marketing. And there's you know competition out there because it's such a big deal. What what are some of the things to look out for? to to really be wary of what are like what are what are some of the things that you'd go oh okay you know what they're they're probably legit like how does somebody do really good due diligence before they work with somebody
1: so the first thing i would say is actually look through the structure of the team that they have if there's not a single person on that team that has the word creative in their title that means they do not have anyone whose job it is to be dedicated to being it to help things stay interesting and relevant. Mm-hmm. And that means that they've just hired a bunch of people who are qualified to do the technical side and not the creative side. I'd say that's one of the biggest, biggest uh, red flags I've seen. The other thing is, again, to see who started this company and what their track record is. I mean... A lot of times, it depends. You have to decide what is the best thing for your business. Someone who says they handle every single type of every single type of business or finding someone who says... Like like Summer, let me use you for an example. Yeah. You had someone who said, I am an expert podcast marketing company. My entire job, my entire focus is making podcasters market well and make lots of money. Here's a bunch of case studies towards that. Or you had another person who said... I am the best marketer of online businesses. Which one would you generally pick? The podcaster. Exactly. Because it's going and that's the issue with a lot of these marketing companies that we come across. No one understands what picking picking how to find your perfect customer works. Everyone just thinks that it's just about putting your stuff out there. And eventually when you make a lot of money, you can be like, oh, this is where I made a lot of money. And that's Mm -hmm. not true at all. It starts from the ground floor. It starts from spot one. Are you creating media? Are you creating content towards that audience rather than just trying to push technical skills?
0: Right. Exactly. That makes so much sense. So what are some of the things that you will do with a client to, because I've even seen this, you know, with our, with our, with our business, a lot of times we get people coming to us that want a video and they didn't even realize what the call to action should be. They had something else in mind and then the whole entire message changes because we take them through this creative brief process where they kind of go, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize this is actually what I really sell and now my audience actually gets what I really sell and what I'm good at and then everything changes, right? Right. How do you, what do you do? Like what are some of the things that you do when you look at a business or look at a person to determine like, hmm, do you really know what it is that you're selling? Like what your value is? What are those things that you look at?
1: So the biggest thing that I love about what I do is, and this is going to sound kind of odd at first, I I pick who I work with and it, it's done me a lot of good um, because of the fact that oftentimes people need to have a certain amount of self-awareness to understand where their brand comes. And oftentimes it starts with me being the devil's advocate. If I can make you feel uncertain about your brand, either A, you're identifying a very big problem that you're asking me to solve. Or B, you were never you were never faithful in your brand to begin with. And there's something else that you wanted to do. There's actually someone I talked to who came to me and just said, I kind of want to do something in real estate, possibly. And and this was uh, an actually amazing story because this will be releasing soon. And we can actually talk about this now. Yeah. Um. And I was like and the, basically the first thing I said is, are you sure that's what you want to do because you're talking to someone who can do anything that you want to have happen. That is what I, you know, that's that's 100% what I specialize in doing is having all the resources in-house. And I was like, what are you, And the goal is figuring out, are you truly passionate about what you're doing? And if what you're doing is making you money but not what you're passionate about, how can I help you take that passion and make money with it? Those are generally the clients I work with. Most closely with, yeah, and this person with real estate ended up now working on. We're about to release a fitness, health, training, and events publication for the very niche-based fitness markets. So it's it's actually a phenomenal uh, shift That's in his awesome. mindset because it, it it dove into what he really wanted to do. Right, and he's going to hit the ground running with that because what's going to happen is we've already got people signed up, we've already got a lineup of people who are going to be selling goods through it. This is going to be an epicenter of awesomeness, and I am more than excited to be a part of it. But the point is, it's all about pivoting people towards what they're actually passionate about. Now, if you've got an established company making a bunch of money and you just want to brand it better, I can still help you there. But I'm going to identify the real point of why your customers are passionate about using you based off of what your most passionate customers represent.
0: Right. For example. no, go ahead,
1: please. Tell me an example. I, I was. It was a, a quick example is someone posted into one of my uh, Facebook groups, Facebook.com uh, Idea Entrepreneurs, which is a group I just got started uh, to kind of help serial entrepreneurs and people like that. And he posted in there asking, hey, can everyone take a look at my Facebook page? Uh, his Facebook page essentially had shared things from other pages that were meant to be ways to just increase regular engagement on a personal page, as well as some images of their product. And I asked him... Uh, are people coming there for your product or are they coming there for you? Is like, well, there are people who want to be able to see what we've done, right? And I'm like, correct. But all you're showing me is a bunch of slideshows of your product that isn't going to create any engagement, any level of anything that are going to actually make the people who like your page have a reason to use it. You can't just... Ha- the biggest thing I always get to is you can't just have a page to have a page. You need to have things that are trying to create engagement and community. Facebook is a social media, not... A media publication where you can publish like, you know, press. I mean, you could definitely publish press releases. Don't get me wrong. Right. But but it's 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 different. And a lot of people go away from that fact and think I just need to push the business. They think too heavily on on the actual. Again, it's always this over analytical thinking and they need to keep it simple and start where it's actually going to touch the hearts of the people they're trying to work with, because that's where you're going to make most of these connections.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny, I think, I think there's people, there's, there's a whole range of people in different businesses, why they're successful, why they're not. But one thing that I will see, especially amongst our audience and entrepreneurs that I know is people will start a business and, and it's because, you know, they have, they have a passion for something and that that's pretty loud in the beginning because they're so close to it. And then they start to get into the daily operational stuff and the business becomes, just business, you know, and it, and it's almost like they kind of forget what was that whole reason, because now they're a little bit separated. They solved their problem in a lot of ways. And that's why they're now selling the solution to the problem. How, how can people get back into that, um, mindset of who they're really speaking to? How can they connect with that again? So that, that, that their branding reflects that
1: the best way to, Hmm. So this is going to be one of those kind of different strokes for different folks type of uh, answers. Yeah. But at the core of it, the best way to get in touch with your brand is really just to stop the noise and kind of listen for a while. Get get people around you to start responding. Get honest feedback don't don't listen to the people who are just going to resonate the echo chamber around you there's too many echo chambers out there and the best way to get you in your own in your own sense is and this is going to sound like the most counterintuitive thing in the world but take a second and just stop listening to all of the things like even stop listening to me as i'm saying this to a certain extent not not like literally right now because i have a point to finish but The point is you need to get away from the noise and reach back to what made you start this. Reach back and listen to the things around you that you started this for. If you started it to support your family, then why is that not representative in the brand that you have? Is your brand part of your family? Because if you're doing this to support your family, it should feel like family. Everything that comes out of it should feel family-esque, should have a very homely feel, you know. It's this thing that people don't understand. Again, it's you're you're talking to humans. Yeah, there's no there. No one on Facebook goes to Facebook to buy something. Anyone who says something differently uh, has not seen how ridiculous the Facebook marketplace looks. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's. If you're going to sell a service or product through a social media platform, you have to create a story. And I spent most of my life trying to figure out my own story and write millions of different versions of it. There's been multiple iterations of the Seth Weinstein that is me. I used to be an online gamer. I used to make money doing that. I used to be a voice actor. I mean, there's hundreds of different things that lead you to be who you are but you have to figure out the best way to be yourself, to be that brand. Once you are comfortable being your brand, you will be in touch with that passion. And when I say comfortable, it means when you say your name, the next syllable that comes off your lip, lips is your brand, is what you do.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that makes so much sense. How? How do you know personally When you're looking at a brand, any brand, whether it's a client, whether it's just any brand that um, you're seeing or interested in, how how do you know that it has a powerful presence? Like, how do you know, like, okay, they've nailed this?
1: So, when you look at a page, it has nothing to do with the likes. I've seen pages with a million likes and engagement up to maybe two reactions. but let's let's take the most extreme example, someone like Gary Vaynerchuk, a mm-hmm. man who's basically built his entire presence around social media. Yeah, the entire aspect of if he posts something, he gets a hundred answers, he gets a thousand answers, he gets every answer he ever needs to be. That his own posts become their own microcosm of social media. You. That is where you see a successful brand when they have their own microcosm, their own controlled section of their own little slice of heaven, as they say, you know, a little piece of earth. It, it, it's it's their flag is there that you can see it. It's clear as day. They own their space and they have done everything they can to own their space. And you don't need a million likes to do this. If you have 10 likes and five of those 10 people are engaging and interacting, then that is 50 percent of your audience. Do you know how few pages can actually hold 50 percent of their audience? Right. Almost none. Right. You know, it's so, so funny. the No, go ahead. I was just going to say, take the small victories.
0: Yeah. With it. it, It's so, as you're saying this, and, and you said, you know, so, so simply, if you have, if you have 10 likes and five of those people are engaging, what I've found interesting is that there's, there's people that, you know, that on their personal pages, you know, amongst their community of friends, family, or whatever that have, they have likes on their, whoever's following them on Instagram, likes them on Facebook, whatever it is they they have so much engagement and then when it comes to their business page the things that they post have really nothing to do with them on a personal level and they have no engagement at all and what is so? why do you think what is the fear some people have no fear at all they're like i get it this works this is what i'm going to do i am part of my brand what is it that people are are fearing do you think that they don't want to put that personal you know touch in there they don't want to share their story
1: Honestly I think it's a fear of failure more than anything cuz I've been there Yeah I mean I, I it I, in my first semester of college I had a I had a college fund from my great grandfather he he owned a bookstore he saved up all his life to provide for his family myself my brother my cousins and i had the largest college fund of all of us i just need to reference that because i got i got lucky i did i had over a hundred thousand dollars in a college fund and when i was sent away to college i was given keys to the fucking castle which by the way those who are parents here i don't care if you're rich i don't care if you're poor do not give an 18-year-old access to six frickin' figures <laughs> unless he's earned it and knows how to make it himself.
0: I couldn't agree so, more. <laughs> so, so needless
1: to say, I wasted $100,000, learned a very important lesson about life um as i had to then start working to support myself immediately after high school even though that was the entire purpose of going to college to avoid lost most of my social life which uh, you know it sucks shit happens go there goes the entire you know college building social life right um but hey i had a great six months um lost lost like two cars in that period. Oh my God.
0: Yeah. You know what Those Those are the lessons that, that build you.
1: Exactly. <laughs> they really
0: are exactly. Gotta have those tough times. Oh, of course. <laughs> so would you say, would you say that it was your experience with video games that, that really, I, I have this thing where I look at, I see people that, you know, are into video games and, you know, I've got two boys that love video games, girls, not so much um but they're like so into it same as you like trying to break stuff but i do feel like on some level i don't want them sitting there playing video games all day long but i do real like notice that they have a different look on design and i see how they do look at brands and even in graphics and the way stories are being tell- told with certain brands do you think that that's like was a huge part of your ability to understand design
1: and and all of that 100% because as I played these games as I did all these different online communities because the thing is we as the generation the younger generation have been put through a digital world where we are given the options to play things that look good or look bad give us creativity or none yeah and and through this for example Minecraft is one of the most simple engines in the world but can create some of the most beautiful masterpieces oh, of yes. art that exist it's incredible. And in the same contrast, you can take a retro video game and still consider it art. Yeah. Because the way in the early stylization that they had done things in is just so perfect. Like we use some of these same design elements in the way how we do websites and maps and everything because it's aesthetically pleasing to us. Right. It's this whole uncanny valley that we're trying to represent, not just through media, not just through video games, not just through television. But through everything, because technology is merging with our daily lives and rather than us trying to battle against it and try to stop the momentum, I prefer to jump on board and ride that thing like a crazed bull and see how long I can hold on for Mm -hmm. because it sounds really fun. You know, you get to because all of these interesting new worlds are being created around us virtual reality, augmented reality, Internet of Things, blockchain technology. And I mean, all of this stuff is just so cool. And and yes, it's 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 a it's a giant pardon my French mindfuck of a million different it things. It is. But all that being said. It's the power of the unlimited opportunity marketplace around us that has been taught to us as gamers at a young age. And not every gamer can harness that. But the thing is, the reason where this all comes in is because gamers enjoy a challenge. Yeah. It's that it's that aesthetic desire, that need for a challenge the fact is video games are kind of boring to me nowadays. A lot of times you don't get much of a challenge or there's too much of a challenge and it just becomes a pain in the ass. And it's way too artistic. <laughs> and it's a million different opinions I could give you on video games all day. But my point is I have decided that my video game for me is my company.
0: Oh, and
1: that is how I've represented how I do things. Right. That is how I level up. I add team members to my party. I teach them new spells. <laughs> You know, the, the metaphors can go on forever, but essentially my team is, you know, hot, my high level, uh, battle force of awesome.
0: Right. So let's talk about your team and how, what are some of the valuable lessons that you have learned throughout all of, you know, all that you've done since you were 16 <laughs> in working with others? What are some of the things that you've learned that are, because I'm, I'm all about team. Like, like you said earlier, um, You want everybody kind of on that same mission, that same goal. It's not just, Hey, we hired you because you know how to pick up a phone or we hired you because you know how to answer an email with all these copy and pasted, you know, it's, it's actual, like, you know, people, they're all engaged and they're all creative, like for with, with your team beyond that, like what have, what have you learned to keep that, to keep the momentum up? So that they're always engaged because without your without your team, I mean the work that you put out, I think your clients will feel it if, if they're not all together. So
1: to be completely honest, when I run the way I run my team is not exactly the easiest environment in the world. and I admit that because the fact that a lot of times we're held to very strict schedules, We are held to needing to get certain things done within a certain period of time. And oftentimes I have to cut branches from the tree if they don't match out because the fact is we move so fast. We're in, we have chosen a market that moves faster than most based on our niche. So when we have someone who, who misses a beat one too many times or something like that, it's not easy to keep them around. So the biggest thing I would say to people is still be you still be happy, still be jolly, but understand you're going to have to fire people. And, yeah. I, and, and I know that's like that sounds like a simple statement to some of the people listening, but really understand that really like pause on that thought and hear that in the back of your mind. When I say that you're going to have to fire someone. Yeah. If you run your business, if you've created a brand, someone is going to come in that misinterprets it, that slows it down. That no matter how much you love and care for them, no matter how much they're your friend or they're someone you brought in or they're someone who's been doing the X, Y, Z amount of hours, you will have
0: to fire someone. Yep, it's true. And it's hard, but <laughs> I totally agree. We've, mm. we've, we've gone through that. Um, Let's talk about businesses leveraging opportunities. How, how often are you seeing businesses that, that didn't even realize opportunities they had?
1: Oh, very often. Um, and it's not, it's mostly because they're not being presented to them as they should be. Uh, I say that because the fact that oftentimes you see like uh, new technology like augmented reality come out and it takes like a good three four years to go down the pipeline to things like real estate and uh, things of that nature and it just blows my mind because I, I actually was working on some stuff during the Pokemon Go era with my team it was on a side project that I don't know if I can necessarily talk about right now but it was a side project actually directly connected to Pokemon Go um, and what's interesting about all of it is it's There's a lot of stuff that doesn't go down the pipeline as fast as I think it should be, which is why I have always called my company emergent technology specialties or specialists, because the fact that we focus more on the new, more on the now, more on how to use this cool and innovative new technology that many people might be avoiding or staying away from because they've heard a million things about. Basically, you can come to us and get an actual factual opinion, Eh, actual factual, (laughs) Um, an actual factual opinion on what this technology can do and how to implement it into your business and what type of costs you would be looking at. Cause obviously nothing in the world is going to be free with emergent technologies, but we can prepare you with a plan to actually use new technologies like augmented reality, virtual reality, blockchain, a- uh, internet of things, uh, AI, thousands upon thousands of different ways to use all of those subcategories and all. But, it's about having the understanding and access to information that you can understand directly how to use it at its most bare form. Because a lot of times when you see software companies and marketing companies and branding companies, there's a million different walls to keep you away from the truth of things that you can do. Like For example, and, and this is going to blow so many people's mind right now, but Most of the people watching this do not know that web hosting, there is options that you can do it for free if you have a small website. Everyone's paying monthly costs and shit like that to hosting companies. And frankly, the irony is there's actually ways to do that completely free. And a lot of times that's hidden behind the millions of GoDaddy and HostGator and other ads that you see. When in reality, the best possible thing you can do is grab Amazon Web Services for free and throw up a basic website.
0: Boom. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. True. I think it's, you know, it's so interesting that people are they're running their businesses and. They, they become accustomed to the things that that are working and they kind of it's, it's hard sometimes to know when it's when there is an opportunity. To actually, even when a business is doing really well, to see like you know, we could actually implement this right here, and it's going to save all this time, or it's going to actually you know increase our profits by this much because we're not having to do X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? So. It's, oh yeah, robots. It's, yeah, all day. yeah. All day. Crazy, but you know, it just it's just a reminder that to always you know be taking an inventory of all of these things that are working and what might not be working and what opportunities are out there.
1: Oh, yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Like podcasts are a great example, actually, um, in the marketing space. Honestly, it's one of the reasons why I love working with uh, Courtney who introduced us. Yeah. Um, I mean, they are one of the most undervalued resource in the marketing world right now, in my mind. Uh, you've got People who are always in their car, you've got people who are always on the move, you've got entrepreneurs, you've got all these different people who don't have time to sit down and watch necessarily a TV show or or even read a post. This is the perfect happy medium for so many people. And I think it's one of the largest, most powerful communities. Plus, you guys are able to publish these across all of these different networks and connections and things like that. And it's just amazing to me. And I absolutely love what comes out of it. And, and I consider podcasts emergent technology because there's new technology being created specifically for podcasts every single day.
0: Yep, absolutely. It's so true. You know, and the, and the cool thing about it is that it's... It's just a conversation happening and you always walk away with something from a conversation. And even if it's just that one thing, I mean, every time I do an interview, there's just one little thing that I'm like, all right. And I go back to my team and I get all excited to, you know, I mean, so many, I've, I've ended up working with so many people that I interview (laughs) because I'm like, wow, that's so awesome. You know? And the thing is, is that there's, you know, there's so much, there's so much that you can get from just one conversation. And that's the thing is it keeps you you know, you're somebody who likes to just keep educating yourself and you're just thirsty for for learning more and more. And that's how you do it is by having these conversations. And you think, you know, oh, just because we're both marketers, we both don't know the same things, you know, and I might look at you and go like, wow, he knows like all of this. And you might look at me and go, well, I never thought to do that. And it's just, you have to keep you have to keep yourself engaged with all, all these different people because sometimes even something that they've messed up on or are not doing well will point out to you, oh, gosh, I'm doing that too. You know, it's just you're just constantly learning and you won't know if you don't actually keep yourself, um, what's the word, open to to listening to these things and actually like, okay, let me – Let me see what's out there. What interviews are happening? What should I be listening to? And there is, like you said, there is so, there's so much audible um, content out there. You don't have to sit down and read.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, it's actually funny. uh, A lot of what we've been doing recently have been people who are trying to take industries and just renovate them once again with another burst of new technology because everyone falls into this ideal of, Oh, there's an app for that, but no one's ever really taken a look to see how crappy these apps are. Yeah. Yep. And and, and I love it, and I love it because then you get to be really creative and just show people that yeah, they're because every single article I read, and this is kind of an interesting note of why I love doing what I do. Every article I read uh, about, written by mobile app companies and mobile development companies and people who have done things like mine. All of them, every single time, say that the one failing factor is they don't have someone who understands marketing. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me smile so wide every time. Like, even now, as I'm doing this, I'm feeling my my cheeks curl. Yeah. Because it just makes me smirk because the fact that 90% of the time it falls back into what we were talking about earlier These people are overthinking it and thinking like developers, thinking like app creators rather than thinking like humans and thinking like marketers. How do you know? And again, it's as subtle as how do these colors relate? It's as subtle as how, you know, when I when I open this app, what feeling is the first feeling that happens? Exactly. These are small micro interactions that so many people overlook. Like I I scrutinize everything that comes out of my company because if I don't if I look at it and it doesn't make me feel good, I tell them before I even show it to anyone, I'm like, nah, no, just just this needs to be redone. Yeah. And and it's because I hold everything to a high standard and I want to be able to hold what I do and what I create that standard too.
0: No, I couldn't agree more. And I think there it's it's something that I, I think it's the most important part, you know, of a business. So I'm. I'm totally with you. There's so many times that I've seen people with actually really, you know, incredible products that could solve a really big problem and yet no one's buying it. And it's because of there's course. no story behind it. There's no feeling. There's no it's just facts. And and people get bored with facts <laughs> unless that it, it's presented to them in a way that's like, oh, this is fun. This is exciting. Like you have to invoke some type of a, a feeling or emotion. Right. A hundred percent.
1: Because, I mean, take a, like we're talking about, take a look at any of these other – like, take a look at any of these – like, if you just dive into an app store, pick a random one. You'll be like, this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Why have I never heard of it? Yeah. And it's like, it looks nice. It works nice. It's got plenty of features. There's probably a bajil- a billion different dating apps out there, and I know that because we're actually developing one too. Nice. Which, that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, it's always fun to have a – always fun to put your hat in the ring, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, but uh, and I love I, I love being able to look at the app industry and really break it down into the categories. And we actually have this joke category that we have on our sales team of basically w- we're like, all right, so we're ha- who gets this many Uber of this, Airbnb of this, Facebook of this, and exactly. Tinder of this. Exactly.
0: Oh, totally. Yep. Everybody's it, the Uber it's, of it's something. It's like bingo. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Everybody has the Uber of something yeah and, and 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 the worst part of it is is there's this giant misinterpretation to people that they can get everything for nothing when it comes to creating an application. And there's this huge, 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 huge disconnect between people and the ability to make mobile apps because they don't understand that it's like a business. They don't understand digital presence is a business. Even if you have a business, your digital presence, your digital product, your digital whatever, is a completely separate business entity in a certain sense because you're going to create passive revenue that doesn't come from your physical business. That's the entire purpose of having a digital business because if all of your income comes from the physical business, If you're not selling stuff online, you don't need to bring people into the physical location, then don't do a digital presence. I don't care because that's literally the most in-person physical thing that you can possibly have. But – when it comes to creating an idea-based thing, a really powerful entrepreneurial idea, you need to have an online presence. You need to have something that you're you're giving value for to help create a baseline for your brand, to help push your brand forward and get it into the most people's hands. It's like the example of giving the free massages at, at a uh, chiropractor's. It's to get them in the door that are your perfect customers.
0: Right. Totally. I love that. Um Yeah. And then, like you said, it's getting with that presence, you then take those people. If you are a local business and you build your your testimonials and your stories and and, and all of this, you know, fabulous stuff that gets people engaged and you can have another another product, you know, coming from this person who's created this.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. All the time. I mean, I I always am. I'm the type of person that if you worked at my business, one day we would be selling a, a, this handful of things. Then the next day I'll have added three new things to it to see how they work. Yeah. They, my sales team doesn't always like me, especially not my sales manager. Luckily, I don't run my sales team anymore because I keep changing the product too much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nice <laughs> uh, I love I, I love my team though they're they're great it's we, we all are very sarcastic with each other and I think it's really healthy because we all we all make jokes and I mean it's 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 you feel a lot more equal with my team and I think that's something I've strived for it's it's not just a I'm telling everyone what to do it's more of a yes, I have great ideas to, that we can do and great ways for us to execute, but I want everyone else's opinion. I want everyone else involved. One of my uh, one of my members actually transitioned recently from sales to investor relations, and she actually immediately got herself into a uh, meet and greet with a number of angel investors. Which I was like, wow, that is phenomenal. So my team actually understands their skills and are finding the right way to actually get things done with it. And I'm I'm absolutely loving it. That is so so cool. Oh, yeah.
0: I love it when that happens.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it when a plan comes together.
0: Mm hmm. No, I love that. And people f- find exactly, okay, here's where we're, we're good. And I love the fact that you, you know, it's, we're the same way is that you've really got to listen to your, your team. You are a team, not, you know, just people working for you. So I love that, that yeah. you do that. Um, this has been so awesome. I think there's so many like great nuggets that listeners can take from this. I would love to send our listeners to find out more information about you and you know who knows potentially work with you
1: where can i send yeah. them yeah of course i think the best way to find me is my newest and most favorite way to find me through facebook and it's my brand new username had to find the guy who had it and it's perfect um Ooh. you can go to face <laughs> facebook.com forward slash mad scientist nice. that's right guys facebook.com slash mad scientist you can follow me there you can message me there i'm very responsive or you can find my team, my amazing company, at facebook.com/forward/slash/perfpr. That's P E R F P R. Facebook or sorry, yeah, facebook.com/forward/slash/p e r f uh, p r, which is short for Perfect Presence. My awesome team. You can find us by the light bulb and the double Ps. Uh, and again, you can find me at Mad Scientist.
0: Awesome, Seth. Thank you so much. This was so much fun.
1: No problem. I had a great time. I always love doing these. Awesome.
0: Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com. On Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You're home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests.